Hello, everybody, and good evening on this Thursday night, July 20th, 2023. I want to say hello to everyone and thank you for listening to the Liberty Ministry podcast. And let me again say that this is a place where you'll receive God's word. No spin tactics or man's theology, but truth, biblical truth. That's the kind of truth that you can depend on in life situations. It's where we go to find the bread of life. It's the truth of God's holy word. It's not a denomination. It's not a spin. It's the kind of truth that will result in your personal liberty. As the scripture says that who the sun sets free is free indeed. So again, thank you for listening. We're going to go on to talk on a topic that a lot of people have been asking me here lately, especially in the times that we live in. It is a crazy world out there with all that's going on in our world today, with all that's going on in the church world today. Uh, it can be a very difficult thing to navigate through the muddied waters. It seems that we sometimes have to go through in life that have been so muddied up that has been so murky. It is unbelievable how that Satan and life itself can be such a hard place to navigate because we can't see the way clearly. Sometimes our mind gets veiled, if you will, through all of the things of this life. And we're trying to, we're trying to overcome a fallen nature. Those of us that's been born again, you're, you've been saved, but you still have to fight against the, the wiles of the devil and the, and the, the wants of the flesh. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But many, many times I've been asked, how do I live a godly life in an ungodly world? Well, let me first tell you that the world out there is Satan's system. It is a system that has been given over to the devil as far back as in the book of Genesis when man fell in the garden. God gave man everything that he had made at the end of his creation and he said, take it. Take full dominion over it, and I'm paraphrasing here, over the fowls of the air, the beasts of the earth, and everything that's on the earth. God gave it to man, and when man fell in temptation in the garden, he gave it straight back to the devil. Even Christ said, the prince of this world cometh. Speaking of Satan, when getting near the time of the end of his life, when he would give his life as a sacrifice for us all. Many, many times the waters in this life can be made so murky by the gravity of our own situation. I want to tell you something. The scripture tells us in John 16, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, Jesus said, you might have peace. But in the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So to live a godly life, just, just understand this, this is going to cause anguish because you're living against the current of this evil river that flows in this world, so to speak. So to speak. You might be in the middle of something in your life, and there are multiple choices that you can make to deal with a problem. There will be man's way. There'll be the easy way where you just compromise what you know to be the truth. And then there's God's way, which might make you uncomfortable or uneasy because it requires you to make a decision. 
And that is a biblical one and a holy one, which is God's way. The Bible tells us that if we've been born of the Spirit, we have to learn to walk in the Spirit. We have to learn that we have to to shed off this old man, this old fallen nature, and we have to walk against the grain sometimes because after all, this is Satan's world right now we're living in. That's why things are so chaotic. That's why the world is almost at war right now. That's why that there is... You see all these crazy things going on in our school systems. This is why you see this whole burning down of towns and the transgender thing going on and, and people doing the, the, the unimaginable to our children. And you see all this because this is a satanic place in which we live. The scripture tells us that we are ambassadors of Christ here. We are just pilgrims here in this place that we're walking through. I've likened this world before many times in many sermons as, you know, a baby uh, spends nine months of its early formation in a place to which it will not forever inhabit. While it's forming within its mother's womb, it is being formed to live in a different atmosphere, a different place from which it, it has begun. We too are here in the womb of eternity, if you will. Understand my speech. We are here forming for the world to come. We're making choices, giving our life to Christ. We're hearing the Bible. We're hearing the truth of God's Word. Not to stay in this world forever in which we're in, but to get ready for the world that is to come. And so we're in eternity's womb being ready to be at our last breath that we take in this life, we will be birthed into the next world, to the good or to the evil. It is my job as a preacher, as a pastor, as a teacher, to alert people to this magnificent truth. Understanding that Satan is the prince of this world, we are smack dab in the middle of an evil-ran world. And being a child of God and living in God's will and following Jesus Christ is going to be difficult. That, that's what he told us. He said, these things that, like I said, these things that I've spoken unto you, you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. John 16, 33. All that shall live godly shall suffer persecution. That's what the Lord says. Why, you ask? Because you're living in direct conflict against the world system. That's controlled and led by the devil himself. Satan will use people in your lives to try to destroy you. He'll use all kinds of things. But his primary use is people who will try to cause you to lose faith. Who will discourage you, hurt you in various ways to get you off the path of righteousness. Most of the time, it will require a choice from you to stand against the grain, which is not always easy. Many Christians like to take the easy path, the path of least resistance. If you're out in the woods and you're on a deer trail, deer are the same way. They, they, they don't take a really rough path. They want to take a path that offers the least resistance. And we are, we are like that in a lot of ways. 
It takes true Christian faith and grit and a firm foundation rooted and grounded in Christ to make godly decisions and stick by them, believing and knowing you're in God's will and putting nothing above God. You have to understand that it might not be known to you right away the gravity of your choices as you choose to live for Jesus in this dark, sin-sick world. You might not know it immediately. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we have to allow God, we have to trust God enough to take us by the hand and to lead us. Even when, when things don't make sense, even when things look, man, this could be, I can make an easy choice, but I know it's not the right choice. When, when you're faced with something like that, put your hands in Jesus's hands and allow him to lead you. What seems like a very tough choice, when you could have taken the easy way, might well affect things eternally for you or someone you love. Man, I've often thought about this. How terrible it would be as we go through this life looking through a glass dimly, as the Apostle Paul says, that we, when we stand in glory, looking back at a time when we were not able to discern tomorrow and yet follow the wisdom of the flesh only to find out that it cost you or someone you love eternal life, you will have known that. That had you followed God, things would have been completely different. My goodness, I don't, I hope and pray, and no one's perfect, folks. But when we stand in front of Christ, I want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done. I want to know that even in the hard things, I chose the Lord. And not only when things were easy and I was on the mountaintop, those are easy choices to make. But true Christianity, the character of your Christianity, your Christianity will, de will be defined in your valleys, in the lowest parts of your life, in the lowest moments of your life, when you had to choose Christ, when there was all kinds of easy ways out. According to the Holy Scriptures, we all have three definitive enemies of our Christian life. The world, the flesh, and the devil. I mean, everyone has known this since the beginning of Christianity. Even in the 1200s, Thomas Aquinas said, they, these are the implacable enemies of our soul. And man, how right he was. The world, you say, what do you, what do you mean, Pastor Jay? The world, it's, it's the satanic system that we're living in. Everything out there that's anti-God and anti-Christ. The flesh is everything about you and me that's fallen in our nature. Everything about us that is spiritually bankrupt and corrupt. And the devil, we all know this one. The very one who seeks to destroy man. Listen, who was made in God's own image, right? He wants to destroy the one thing that God loves so much that he gave his only begotten son for. Listen to this. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, 
It says this, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and the fowls of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. He blessed them, the scripture says, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God gave it to us. But listen at this. God created us in our own image. And oh, listen how Satan loves to take something that's made in the image of God and defile it. It brings him no greater pleasure than to take the very thing that God created, man, in his own likeness, in his own image, and take the image of God and defile it and to cause it to sin and to cause it to, to live a deplorable life and to cause it to make these these terrible decisions and cause it to not follow after the same spirit of God which created it, but to follow after the evil spirit, the demonic spirit of the devil. Oh, what great pleasure does that give Satan every time we fall, every time he leads us in paths of evil, every time he encourages you to make a terrible decision in this sin-sick world, every time that he compels you to go with the flow instead of going against the flow, every time he convinces you to do the wrong thing when you know the right thing is right before you. Now, the scriptures teaches us something. In Matthew 10, it teaches us how to live a godly life and to make godly choices in a wicked world. I mean, you can see the in, in the book of Matthew, I, there, there's, there's dozens, if not hundreds of scriptures that talk of this, but I'm going to give you three in the book of Matthew. In Matthew 10, 37 through 39, listen closely to this. If you love your father or mother more than you love me. Now I'm reading this. I, I'm reading this in the NLT because it really speaks in our language. So, so don't get hung up on this. I mean, I just want you to hear what this is saying. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. I could stop there. In this one verse of scripture lies a tremendous amount of other of, of, of things that could take place within the, the parameters of the scripture. Uh, family matters, uh, choices that you have to make over your putting that would put your family above God, choices that you could you could make that would that would cause you to Lose your life because you're clinging to your life. If we're going to find Christ, we have to let go of this world. I just read it. 
He says over in Matthew, he says, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, Take therefore no forth no thought for tomorrow, nor the morrow shall take for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's the old King James Elizabethan language. It can be sometimes hard to hard to understand. But seek you first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Righteousness means right standing. So seek first God and, and, and to have right standing with God in all things. That makes perfect sense. That if we do the things, make the cho choices in this terrible sin sick world that keeps us in right standing with God, God will bless you and help you and guide you. In Matthew chapter 6, he says in 19 through 21, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon this earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break in nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We make decisions based on what we treasure. If in your heart you treasure Christ, you will choose Christ. If in your heart you treasure heaven, you will make heavenly choices. And sometimes the devil makes that tremendously hard by putting, in the, putting us in the, these precarious situations where we have to choose. Choose life. Choose God. You know the choice to make. Don't take the easy way. Don't take the easy I have a story for you, and I'm, I'm going to close this out here. It's a story of doing the right thing in a horrible situation. We can't put anyone or anything above God or making a godly decision. We have to, we have to make a, the right decision all the time that keeps us in right standing with God. I'm going to tell you a story. I told this to the church um, not too often long ago, but uh, again, the moral of the story is that in this world, you might have some very difficult decisions to make. And rest assured, Satan will put you right in the middle of some. There was a bridge operator, a drawbridge operator, many, many years ago, early 1900s. And his job was to raise and lower this tremendous bridge uh, over this tremendous river to allow ships to pass underneath and trains to pass overhead, over top of the river. And he had a beloved son, and his son just thought, the world of his daddy and thought how great my daddy is that can raise this great big thing and 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 lower this great big thing his son loved him so much and and just admired his daddy and the daddy loved his son so very much and against his better will one day against his better judgment one day he thought well i'm going to go ahead and take my son up here and I'm going to show him how I do things and watch him watch that great big gigantic drawbridge raise up and close back down and how the trains go over top and the boats go underneath. And he loved his son so much, treasured his little son. One day as he was raising the bridge up, he took his son with him. And the boy was in amazement at such a tremendous bridge, such such a huge thing that his daddy could raise that thing up. Off they went to lunch and his daddy was 
so proud and to be admired in such a way by his son. And then he heard a train whistle, something that was off schedule, something that wasn't supposed to be there. And oh my gosh, the fear and, and the worry and, and, and the concern hit his heart immediately. He told his son, stay right here. Do not move. Stay right here. And he ran with all his might, jumped up onto the platform, ran into the control center. And as he, as he looked, his, as, he, as his training was, he looked on both sides of the river to make sure there was no boats coming. And then he would look down at the tremendous gears that it took to raise and lower such a monstrous atrocity uh, piece of, 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 of metal as this thing was. This tremendous thing took massive gears and massive cables. And as he was about to pull the lever, he noticed that his little son tried to follow him and he fell down in the midst of those gears and was trapped in the gears themselves. As the train whistle kept blowing, he knew that there was a choice that had to be made. Am I gonna, am I gonna try to run from this platform and get my son out of there and save my son? Or am I gonna let these hundreds and hundreds of people perish as the train blows off the end of this bridge and goes right into the river and destroys hundreds of people? He pulled the lever. And as he could hear his little son crying out his name, Daddy, 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 and hear the screams of pain, and then the whooshing by of the train, he stood on the platform mourning, begging God for some sort of comfort. As he looked into the windows of the train and nobody even knew what he had done, nobody even knew of the sacrifice that he just made. That their lives were saved because a man did the right thing. They didn't know it. And the man broken hearted, mourning a soulful way, made the right choice. Again, the moral of that story is if you sacrifice God's will to satisfy your flesh, it could come at a tremendous cost that might not be made known to you for a while. What seems like a good decision at that moment could ultimately end up casting your life into ruin and maybe even your loved ones. Always stay in the will of God, brothers and sisters. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone that hears this podcast, God, that you would deal with their heart that you would cause them to make the right decision, Lord, that you would compel them, Lord, to put you first above all things, that, Lord, salvation would reign in their hearts, and those that don't know you would ask you to come into their lives and save them, God, from certain ruin. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.